0: Quick warning listeners. We will be discussing Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse with full spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, go watch it and then come back and listen to this podcast episode. Also, spoilers for Fast X. You'll understand more when you listen to the episode. I want pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> That's the first thing that we have on the
1: you're
2: ready, you're
0: ready.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's do this one more time, dear listener. Welcome to Storytelling Breakdown. I'm your host, Caleb Meyer.
0: I'm Larissa Whitaker.
1: And we are very, very excited to swing into today's episode with not one, but two very special guests. Returning for the first time since she was the first guest on our podcast to talk about the sequel to the movie she talked about the first time, the lovely Autumn Schultz.
3: Happy to be here.
1: And for the first time on the podcast, my very good friend, whom I'm very excited to have, Apollo Lyman. What's happening, big homie? <laughs> and we are going to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It was f- amazing. <laughs> it, was. it was. That's it probably was. the best way to put it. It
4: genuinely was. It was incredible.
1: I went in like, there's no way that this is going to be as good as the first one. Because the first one was such a like lightning in the bottle. Like There were no expectations. It came out. And, like, you were raving about it, Autumn, so, like, we went and saw it, and I was like, oh, wow, that was incredible. They can't do it again, and they did it again. Yeah.
3: I was really reluctant to see the second one because the first one is, like, damn near my favorite movie, and I was just like, there's, there's no way it's going to top it, but, you know, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to support all the artists who worked on the first one and just, you know, get, get the same feeling, hopefully, that I got from the first one. And gosh darn, they they really did it. Mm-hmm.
4: I didn't watch Into the Spider Verse in theaters. I watched it like on Netflix when it was on Ooh. Netflix. Uh, I wish you uh, could have seen it in I, theaters. Yeah, I'm beat. I'm beating myself to death <laughs> over that to this day. But I was not gonna let it get away from me. I had to work the day. <laughs> you that did because we went and in. saw it
1: together. Yes. Three yes. of us and then some of our other friends. We yeah. like booked it out of theater because you had to work yeah, like right I had afterwards. To work
4: right after, I was so. Upset, but I wouldn't trade it. Wouldn't trade it for anything because I I saw it once and I just I could I I I breathed that movie into my very being. (laughs) I'm so glad I saw it. It was great. It
0: was so clever. I feel I don't know this, but it watching it felt like they must have written one draft of how the story would work, and then they said no. Let's those things are obvious, or let's change this or that. It just felt meticulous and how every little thing turned or connected to something else or pulled from the original story in ways that we don't always see from other um, Marvel movies, I would say. Well, this is from a separate company, but I feel like it's uncommon in a superhero movie to feel like the sequel is a continuation of the first story.
1: Yeah, and I think meticulous is a really good word for it because like every aspect of it just feels so well-crafted and so intentionally crafted. Like The visuals... I mean let's talk about the visuals because it is especially
3: yes especially in gwen's universe i mm-hmm. leaned over in the middle of the movie and i was like damn near every frame you could print out as a picture and yeah. put on put on your wall Yep. just they because base, it's that gorgeous they
4: based those on a lot of the original like frames like the watercolor frames from the she kind of has that style verse.
3: in her comic i know mm-hmm. um but a lot of the colors they kind of just brought in their own thing Mm-hmm. And, and did their own like especially when like emotions and things were happening in the scenes uh. and you had like the melting behind or like how the color shifted
1: it it changed the game because now now when i watch an animated movie if there's just a sequence of two characters talking and it's your basic all right cut to one character cut back to the second character now i'm gonna be expecting you know the backgrounds and the colors and just all the, the art style itself to change with the shots and like be representative of the motions yeah. that they're feeling and processing through that just discussion that they're having. That was so
0: good. I was shocked after watching Across the Spider-Verse. I went back and watched Into the Spider-Verse and I was like, how does this how does this look dull? because Mm -hmm. the second one is so stunningly beautiful every other time i've watched into the spider verse it's been amazing and every frame of it is a joy to look at and then you watch across the spider verse and at least for me i went back and i was like this looks flat how does this look flat and it's because the across the spider verse is just so unbelievably rich in every single sequence
1: and it has the different art styles because you go to the different universes and each one is presented in a different way and like the characters are different hobie's so cool spider-punk
4: yeah, sp- I love Spider. Ho- Hobie Brown is something special. Like from his universe, um, he he's he's actually not from like Camden Town <laughs> in London. Uh, he's actually from New York. But uh, he one of the cool things about him in the comics is that he based a lot of his like sensibilities with regards to music and stuff off of the most famous punk artist in that verse, Gwen Stacy. Oh, oh she's a musician. Okay. She's a musician in that verse. That's a hold very on, girl.
0: Gwen Stacy. I know nothing about the comics, and I apologize. So, no, Gwen Stacy fine. exists in Hobie's universe in the yeah. comic books. Yeah,
4: she does exist. She's an, uh She was a uh, does, famous punk artist.
3: Does Peter Parker exist in that universe? Um,
4: I don't think he does. But like, I know that like when Hobie gets bit by the spider, he like basically. The the world is like he's in is like exceedingly, corporatist and corrupt. Um, Norman it's Osborne. Our world. <laughs> exactly. Norman Norman Osborn is the president. <laughs> okay, it's one of those. Goes, yeah, he goes into like New York and he's like, you know, we're gonna crack down on things. So he's got like these Project Venom suits um, that can create like weapons and such like that. Uh, so Hobie and the rest of the Antifa squad they set up a giant <laughs> rig. And he starts shredding on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And obviously Venom kinda works the same way in that universe as it does in the six one six universe. Doesn't like the so sound. The sound destroys mm-hmm. it. And like he he decapitates. <laughs> Norman Osborne in that verse
0: with rock and roll
4: with his like guitar <laughs> like so, he, yeah. with metaphorically the and <laughs> with like, yes, realistic power of
0: rock
3: that's <laughs> amazing. While <laughs> yeah. we're on Hobie Brown, I wanted to talk about some of like the artistic choices that yeah, they made with it. him because what was really cool was that they specifically took like all of these very punk rock textures and art styles and stuff and kind of mashed them all together to make a lot of his like visuals that happen in him. The animation is so gorgeous for him because I think somebody put it in the best terms that even his animation defies the rules because mm-hmm. <laughs> because most people in this movie are animated on twos. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, with animation, animation is 24 frames per second, usually. Um, sometimes you can break that rule. But a lot of the characters are on twos, which means like every two frames, like, they move, and they'll break that rule sometimes, especially for uh, Miguel in a lot of those scenes. He might be on ones a lot because he's oh. just rapidly moving, but Hobie is mostly on threes and fours. Oh, so, so he's much, he, he
1: moves at a much different rate than and, everybody
3: else. And almost everything on him is on its own frame rate. <gasps> so That makes so much sense. Yes. So all of those textures and everything on him, they're their own entire rig Mm -hmm. and they're animated all separately.
4: That's so cool. These animators have better got paid for
3: all the (laughs) (laughs) I
1: mean, they're geniuses. They're like redefining
3: the genre. No, and he was the one that took the longest for them to figure out out Mm -hmm. of everything. He he was one of the last ones that they were like, okay, we finally got this down. Like in the last year they were making it. Very truthfully though, I would wait another five years for the next one because this one was so gorgeous. If you need more time, please animators take it. Yeah, don't please, rush. Directors, it. animators, executives, don't rush this, please. <laughs> because I don't care that this one took several years to make. It's gorgeous and I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. I don't care that this one ended on a cliffhanger. I will wait. It's fine. As long as you make the best trilogy ever, <laughs> I just <talk to> <laughs> No pressure, but
4: There's <laughs> <laughs> something to be said about like crunch and like like ta- like deadlines when it comes to massive projects like this people miss like birthdays and anniversaries for this
1: yeah it becomes your life. Like, yeah just you have to get this, this, this product out whether it's a movie or a video game or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah anything. and
3: on the most recent one that they've done i i had heard that they had i think over 100 animators that quit like after they did something they were like i'm i'm done there like a high it turnover was just rate. It, it was just really stressful it was a stressful environment cuz they had to it's a lot there's yeah. a lot in this movie so if you need to take more time j- just take it you know i know everybody's expecting a sequel that it ended on a cliffhanger i could IMDb not
1: care lists the animation department for across the spider-verse at 138 people so. <laughs> that
3: sounds
0: low Holy crap. <laughs> that's not enough people it's so <laughs> it does sound very low
1: and the visual effects department is listed at 190 people
0: okay If you could pick one of the characters from across the Spider-Verse to get to anime or one of the worlds to work on, is there one that you're most drawn to or that you think would be the
3: most challenging or exciting? I really loved uh, Gwen's animation, especially in her sequence in the beginning where you see her first put on the spider suit and she jumps out her window. Her particular style of animation is right up my alley just because it's so dancer-like and so... Fluid and precise. And feminine. Yes, feminine. I think that would be my jam. My favorite one is in the movie is either Miguel or Hobie because they were just so interesting in the way that they were animated. Mm -hmm. It's so fun, though, because every character in here has its own style of animation, especially like with Spider-Man India. They had based his whole Spider-Man... Persona and like the way he jumps around and everything off of an Indian martial art. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, sense. you can watch like some clips of this. Uh, I think it's a 2000 year old martial art that was made in India and it was entirely based off of that. So, that's, that's probably because I know someone pointed out that in his design in the comics, he wears like these particular type of shoes, but in the animation, he's barefoot. And that's probably because of this very particular type of martial art where most of them are barefoot doing this. Mm-hmm. And his, That's really cool. And his
4: suit in the movie is so much better than his suit in is the Is it really?
1: Movie. Yes. I feel like <laughs> it, it, is. it is. Definitely more colorful. It's so much more <laughs> vibrant. And that, f- yeah. that fits because his personality, I mean, my only exposure has been through this movie. Yeah. I haven't read any comics with him in it. But his personality is so vibrant and colorful that, yeah, it yeah. fit really well. That
3: helps with the voice actor they picked, too. It does <laughs> help. Yeah,
1: I do like that actor.
4: It's one of the coolest uh, sequences where he's like, you know, uh, Miles is like, I love drinking chai tea. He's like, you don't call it chai tea. It's just, it's tea, tea. Karan <laughs> and Sony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does a fantastic job. I mean, like, the
1: whole voice cast is phenomenal. They do a
4: stellar job. Yeah, because earlier, earlier in that movie, though, um, when Miles is talking to the spot, he's like, you know, you know, it's, you called it an ATM machine. ATM the <laughs> I M mean, ATM means machine. That's true. Like, mm-hmm. You know. Just you know, it's their they're they're like just everything is exactly the same. Like mm-hmm. they're,
1: they're it all circles Spider-Man. back. Yeah. You know? When Peter B. Parker is mm-hmm. talking to Miguel and he's like, You're not funny, and we're all supposed to be funny, yeah. but then that makes sense because he's like a much later version of Spider Man in oh, his yeah. universe. Yeah, in
4: Spider Man twenty ninety nine, he is not like he he doesn't he doesn't have any of the effects um, cuz he's the one he department.
1: was not bit by a spider no
4: um, his genetic code was rewritten to be a spider but he takes that steroid shot <laughs> there's so a lot of weird and a lot sort of stuff. people
3: pointed out how um, he doesn't have the spider sense yeah. so that's mm-hmm. why he's getting hit by stuff yeah. all yep. the time he's he's also oh. he's also
4: more of an attacker for that reason he has something he has accelerated vision and accelerated hearing and his he has those claws on his hands and, and his feet teeth. and the teeth. Mm-hmm. He attacks first before like he doesn't because usually when a Spider-Man fights, they fight very like defensively. Mm-hmm. They usually crack wise and talk and you know get get in their enemies, get him and them off their game, and then up. yeah, restrain them with webs. Miguel is not about any of that. He is like he's out in, blood. Yeah, he's he's like come get it in blood. Like right now, like let's run the ones for real. <laughs> Like those, the the oh man, those talons are like.
1: Ugh. Well, and even like in the beginning, where he he's gonna bite the vulture's yeah. head off.
4: He has these, uh, like, because of his genetic code, he has like little like fangs. Those fangs uh, secrete a paralytic toxin, and so he was gonna paralyze him okay, okay. with the toxin. And those they don't go away. Like he's he he's has like to, a
0: vampire.
4: Yeah, and his eyes are red always. <laughs> so like he always usually wears like sunglasses in um, the 2099 universe when he's just like himself, and like he talks like very weird so that he, the fangs don't show, um, which is like really funny because everybody like thinks like, like, "Miguel, why are you mumbling? Can you speak up?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, "I got these
1: fangs, r- man. R- There's nothing r- I can do about <laughs> it." <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs>
0: I don't know if I can pick a favorite part, but I do know what my one of my favorite visuals was. Like, if I could only pick one thing from the entire film to print and hang on my wall, it would be a, as Spot is slowly, like, transitioning to this menacing form. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, this shadowy yes. being with, like, the bits. It almost looks like new pastel or, like, oil pastel or something mm-hmm. drawn on top of a watercolor. Like, you just see, like, all these swirls. I don't know how to describe it further. I just think it's stunning.
4: It's, the spot was never... It was such a swerve, because the spot was... as uh, a Spider-Man villain, but he was never no, like, dog. Like, he was never, like, the same type of thing, like... Not like, even like a, the a Scorpion. Nemesis. Yeah, he was never a he nemesis. A villain he's always league. a B-villain, yeah. And yes. so, like, they, the fact that they swerved us that way, and I, I bit it hook-line, because I was like, oh, he's just gonna pack up the spot, get him up out of here, and... Nope, he becomes the most
3: threatening
4: things in the multiverse.
0: That plays so well thematically, though, because the movie seems to be working so much toward like how do we imagine archetypes of Spider-Man in particular, but just across the board of our expectations of different people and of ourselves. And so to take this guy who is made fun of by fans and by Miles within his initial appearance for just being goofy uh, and not even a villain of the week. Um, mm-hmm. And then to become like this terrible menace, I just think is a really interesting way to carry across this theme of like, what do we think the limitations are of who we can be, or of who other people can be, or what our lives could look like mm-hmm. for the spot to be this. Spooky and they they guy. played
1: into that with the casting of Jason Schwartzman, because yes. he's I mean he's primarily so- known for comedic roles. And like, I mean, as soon as I heard his voice, like, I mean, I like recognized it immediately, and I was like, "Oh, that's fitting. This is like yep. a comedic character." But then, yeah, at the end, when yep. he's like, you know, "I'm gonna be your doom," or you know, yep. it's yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs>
0: mm.
4: I think one of my favorite like sequences is like the sequence with um, Miles and Gwen when they're at the kickback, the party celebration, his dad. Yeah, yeah, for the supercoming captain, and. There is I know for a fact one thing I do know for sure is that they had some of us on the team to write it because like that interact I've had that interaction before I know like a lot of my my friends my homies uh, have had that interaction before would you bring like you know your girl or like you know just a friend over and They, your mom, whoever gives them the look down, just like, oh hi, how are you? (laughs) Uh, Hi, and I knew because Gwen had the piercings and the hair and the buzz cut. Mm -hmm. Her her stock was already low with Rio, (laughs) and then she calls her Rio, and she's like, "Mm, you can call me by my first name. Instant into the dirt, no (laughs) no charitability for you whatsoever. you have have lost. (laughs) It's it's over.
3: I loved those interactions. They felt so personal. I'm so glad that none of that got cut Mm -hmm. because they had split this into two movies because I think it was just going to be a sequel and then they had made so much that they Mm -hmm. were like, well, we're just going to make two movies instead. And then I'm just so happy because if you had tried to force both movies into one, Whatever plan that they had, all of those so interactions would have yeah. gotten mm-hmm. cut.
1: This yeah. is the longest animated movie made by an American studio. Really? Oh, yes. I damn. did not know that. Yes. So there are longer animated movies, but this is the first one made by an American studio. That That's is, incredible. you know, the
4: longest. That's incredible.
3: I know that this one was about 40 minutes longer than the first one.
4: I was checking my phone the entire time towards the end because I was like...
1: Well, yeah, because you're like, like I gotta like, go.
4: I was like, I was like... Like it was such a weird, surreal thing. Well, we were talking about. Oh no!
3: (laughs) You were talking about what? What's our favorite part? I think the ending is my favorite part because so far I've seen it three times, and every time I've seen it with somebody who hasn't seen it yet. So, basically, the whole time I was just like looking over towards them, like waiting for (laughs) the end, and and I think just that that shift where everything changes, where you're like, he's he's in the wrong universe the movie's gonna end, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? <laughs> and then that interaction with him versus him, versus Prowler him, it's such a beautiful shot. And the music, oh, I gotta talk about the music in this scene because I think it's my favorite thing. So basically what they did is you have the Miles Morales theme that is happening throughout a lot of the movie, but his, his song, it starts to play in the scene. And then as you start to see more Prowler happening, they mix it in with mm-hmm. the Prowler music, and then as like Gwen is doing Recruiting, her whole thing, yeah, yes, everybody. where she's doing her whole thing, you hear more drums start to kick in.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's because it's Hobie's universe. They like
1: more mm-hmm.
3: oh, yeah. like too. punk rock starts oh, to come in cool. and everything. Exactly. Yes,
1: they did amazing stuff with the music in this. Uh, they brought back the same. So Daniel Pemberton did the scoring and the orchestration for the first movie and for this one. And then Metro Boomin was the producer for the, like, the, it wasn't the, like, soundtrack, but the, like, actual songs yeah. that were played throughout the it's movie. It's got to be
4: Metro Boomin's, like, and biggest oh, cat they,
1: ever. It's, they both do an amazing job. I looked
3: it up the other day. Most of a lot of the songs from the soundtrack are in the top 100 um, right now. So. On Spotify? I mean, yes, since I saw like, the movie, I mm-hmm. have
1: like been daily listening to the, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I will say how much I geeked out at the ending credits. You were, you were having a ball of time. The, they yeah. were so were beautiful. I, honestly, though, like when music and animation comes together and just forms like a perfect sequence, that's my jam. I love anime openings because of that, but when that like came together and you just see like miles versus the prowler at the end well that like flip
1: where it's like miles character model moving across the screen and then he like goes through that like panel of color mm-hmm. and it comes out as prowler on the other side <sighs> yeah that was real yeah
4: incredibly smooth i just love seeing all the other like versions of the Spider Verse, like Spider. man Oh yeah, so, like Cowboy Spider-Man yeah, and Spider Man, Iron Rider. Cat Spider. <laughs> yep, yeah, Spider Cat, Spider <laughs> <The> dun- Plushie. <laughs> the, yeah, the T yep. spider- oh, Rex, Spider Rex, Spider Monkey, Spider Monkey. How
0: does Spider Rex, if that's what he's called, get mm. his suit on? <laughs> so <laughs> he has a mask.
4: He's <sighs> did he? I thought he just had a mask. I think no, he has like it's. I think it's his entire being. Mm-hmm. What I remember is like the Norman. It was like they were. Norman, Normanosaurus Rex in that universe. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so serious. Uh, <laughs> Normanosaurus Rex and Patarker, who was a pterodactyl.
3: <laughs> they both
4: get bit by a spider and they switch consciousnesses.
0: Oh, it's a okay. freaky Friday yeah. situation. It's a freaky Friday situation. Which isn't
4: with dinosaurs. With dinosaurs. Spider-Man. <laughs> And that's actually not even the first time that a Freaky Friday sequence has happened in with regards to the Spider. man It's a canon person. event. Yeah, it's a canon event <laughs> because like uh, one of the things about the Superior Spider-Man is that Doctor Octopus is like dying in the, in the one before, but he switches consciousnesses with Peter, <gasps> so he becomes the Superior Spider-Man. Okay, Ew. and uh, he's one of the. He's actually a good guy. He's a good guy yeah. in that it like he he does honor. Like, you know, Peter's request to, like, try to take care of New York, and he does um, well at it. But um, a lot of the things about how it it starts, because he gets stuck in 2099, and he creates a time machine to try to get back. And it also has a kickback protocol, so where, if, like, the universe is about, if that Earth is about to die in, like, the next 10 seconds, it'll just send him back to the original one.
3: I wanted Um, to talk to you about one of the things that happens in the comics because I think it's one of the crossover ones where it's the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and in the comics they Hobie has to build his own watch or interdimensional travel yeah. thing as well. Yeah. So I like that they brought that into <sighs> the film. There are so many with different that specific character
4: versions of like I, I love that, like every version of Spider Man is like a brain genius. It's it's great. Like mm-hmm. I just like as he was like going by, he's just picking up things, right? So and you're like, what is he doing? Create...
1: He's just like grabbing all this random so, stuff. He was and then it's, a like, watch. no, he was planning ahead. Yeah,
4: he was planning all the way ahead. Yeah, it's there are all sorts of different versions. There's a version like the old man Spider, where it's Ben, Uncle Ben, is the one who mm. gets bit by the spider. Um There's, um. Like, you know, you you know, Penny Parker. There's one where it's like a six arm Spider-Man. The creepiest one uh, by far, though, is this one where it's like if if basically his name's Patton Parnell and he was raised by his Uncle Ted and his Uncle Ted is like really abusive. He goes with, like, that version's Mary Jane into, like, an Alchemax or Oscorp, and he's going to try to, like, help her, like, break out all the animals and such. And so, because he he doesn't really understand, he just reaches into, like, the containment with the spider, Mm -hmm. and it bites him, and I guess it's how the spider powers manifest. He, like, consumes, like, a rat, like a dead rat, and he, like... Like, implants eggs into Uncle uh, uncle's Uncle Ted. Oh, head. he's and, like full on spider. Oh, yeah. He's like a terrifying spider creature guy. Uh, he gets packed up, though, real quick, <laughs> by um, Morlun and the Inheritors, which are that's more comic Spider Verse stuff. Mm-hmm. The Inheritors are a race of like animal totem vampires. Because, okay. So,
3: this is a warning. Do not just let spiders bite you because it might give you superpowers. They could be bad. They could be, most certainly <laughs> yes. Many yes.
1: yes.
4: yeah. <laughs> of them are venomous, so
3: don't. <laughs> Please just don't let spiders bite you.
4: <laughs> For some odd reason, though, like they, I guess they thought that like being like bit by a radioactive spider and getting powers was like too much. So like instead, like that links every single character to like a spider totem. The inheritors hunt down animal totem uh, beings, creep people. Mm. So, like, but Morlun, who's the head of them, he says, you know, go hunt the spiders. Only hunt the spiders. Like, um, I think Morlun interacts with, like, Black Panther a little bit in the 616 verse. Okay. But um, that's basically their whole deal is that they're trying to come together to fight the inheritors. So it's, it's just very Um. Compelling. I mean, you can tell all. the
1: people who made this movie, like... They love Spider Man. Oh, yeah. Because, like, so many versions. The. um, Peter parked
4: car. (laughs) <laughs> parked car.
1: Well,
3: so I think they made over I think they made about 200 different Spider-People for that mm. sequence mm-hmm. and that was the sequence that took the longest was when they're all chasing Miles. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That that I took that. just the longest to animate.
1: But like the Insomniac Spider-Man was there. Oh yeah. The like they... really old cartoon one was there. Yeah. Spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular he was Spider-Man. there. Mm-hmm. Who is I'm going to get the, the They even had the
3: original voice actor for him. The really yeah, muscular did. one. Oh, cool.
1: Who the one that was voiced Spider by? Peter, or
4: yeah, they had Spider Hulk
1: there. No, not Spider Hulk. Uh, the, the one, one who that does was perfect voiced... poses. Yeah, voiced by Andy Sandberg. Oh, oh, oh Ben Andy Riley. Yes. Yes. Ben Riley. Yes. The, the Scarlet Spider. Spider. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's part oh, of like the all clone all these different runs of, of the comics, yeah, and he's... then they they reference like all the live action ones. They do.
4: it was. I don't know, it was just cool. You could see how much like they just love Spider Man to death, and I appreciate that so much.
0: Speaking of the live action ones. Uh, what plans do you think they have for Donald Glover in the Spider Universe? Because I know that there's been debate about what roles he should have gotten in the past or could have gotten in the past, but what do we hope for going forward, if anything? Well, I
1: think this is you know kind of cementing him to play the Prowler live action, either for the MCU or for the Sony
4: uh, Venomverse yeah. or whatever. I, th- I think he'd be totally down to... I mean, he was down in this one. He'd, yeah. You know, well, why so- wouldn't he? Um, he even references like Miles in Homecoming <laughs> like he mm-hmm. references his like I got a nephew that stays around here you know so yeah, it's I don't know I would love to see him
3: Sonny's been doing their own kind of Sinister Six universe thing right well, I don't know Craven if it'll come ever come out now, through, but and,
4: yeah you know, yeah Aaron Taylor Johnson my favorite part Morbius of
1: the can. movie was when Morbia showed up and went Morbin time all over Miles <laughs>
3: I, w- I wish they would have done something. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe I would have loved one. to have seen <laughs> <laughs> I would have to have seen Michael Morbius.
4: Gotta see Michael Morbius.
3: <laughs> okay, so everybody's heard about the Lego sequence, right? That that was animated by a 14 year old kid that they. Had I did just not found. know that. Yes. That's amazing. Yes, okay. So what had happened was they found him because this kid had recreated the trailer of the first uh, Spider Verse movie. And then they saw it and they were like, this is amazing. Let's find the guy who did this. Um, and have him animate something. And then uh, they tracked him down and it was a 14 year old kid. Um, so they had to ask his parents and like That's get permission so cool. and the, and the kid animated that entire sequence over spring break. <laughs> Oh <laughs> and, and sent it to them, what and was <laughs> and was like, if there's any changes, I'll have to finish them after my homework. <laughs> That's oh. so
4: cool. I love this man. I love this kid. So <laughs> when
3: companies say that they want ten years of experience before <laughs> <laughs> before hiring, you get the <laughs> job, this know. is what they mean. You got to start at fourteen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is amazing, and especially that they let him work on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, most people love the little Lego (laughs) sequence. I mean, it happens
1: like it was. I mean, it was so unexpected, and I Mm -hmm. love that it happened like early in the film because like it just sets you up for like like, crazy stuff.
4: One of Miguel's best (laughs) soldiers. You're one (laughs) of (laughs) our best agents. (laughs) (laughs) One of our best agents (laughs) by far.
0: I was listening to an interview with one of the directors. And they noted that that's the only time Miguel compliments any of the other Spider-Men, <laughs> Spider-People,
3: is to the Lego Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He's ball. I really hope he shows up again just like on his shoulder or something. I yes, hope so. that would be amazing. <laughs> I brought my best agent with me.
1: <laughs> I love that J.K. Simmons gets to voice J. Jonah Jameson at multiple times throughout the film because mm-hmm. he voices yeah. him in the Lego sequence, and I think, I think you he hear him in a couple in other the, sequences uh, too, uh,
4: the, in Gwen's universe too, because mm-hmm. he's also the one that runs the campaign in the Prowler
3: universe, yeah. Earth forty-two.
4: Yep. All right, so
1: it has just it has been stated that the first one into the Spider Verse it caused ripple effects in the industry. Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, specifically its animation style, was heavily inspired by End of the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Mitchell versus the Machines was heavily inspired by the first one. Do you guys think that trend is going to continue? I
0: oh hope yeah. So. I <laughs> think you can even see it in um, Pixar films like Turning
3: Red, where they just feel more confident. I also heard this argument, and I know that. I'm certainly not upset about it, like mm-hmm. d- because the first one was pretty groundbreaking in the style that they did. So I don't know if I love the idea of everyone just copying that style. Right. What I love is giving artists the opportunity to make something creative and run with it. Like the studio, it, it, the the first one took a really long time to make, but the studio had faith in the in the process. Mm-hmm. And they were able to make a wonderful film. And then they gave them more creative freedom for the next one. And that one was also gorgeous. Yeah. So when you when you give artists a thing <laughs> and you just let them do it and you don't have producers in their face like, oh, I think it should be more realistic, you know, give Sonic <laughs> uh, better hands or, or real-life teeth or something right. like that. Then <laughs> oh,
1: <my laughs> give him human God. mouth. When
3: you let people who are passionate oh, about we. something work on it, mm-hmm. you get really beautiful things.
1: And you get, like, people respond to that because, Mm -hmm. like, the first one was successful both financially and critically, and the second one has been even more of a financial success. Mm -hmm. So, like, people respond to well-made art.
3: So I don't know um, what the rest of you have heard about the feedback at the ending of the movie where it is a to-be-continued or whatever, but there were some people who were like, why didn't they just make it longer? Because you (laughs) wouldn't watch it. Sir, you wouldn't watch it if it was any longer. It was already two hours and 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's tough to get people to go see a three-hour movie in the first place.
3: Yes.
4: Because people were talking about that with uh, the Batman, it's like it's too long, it's too much, and I was like, okay, so you like, oh, I'll fall asleep. Like, I was like, okay, if you fell asleep during like the movie, like you just didn't give a <laughs> sh. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't blame the movie. <laughs> blame you. <laughs> I blame you. I don't fault the movie. The Movie was
3: great, and especially where this one, where something, it, there's so much happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, you're just like, you're a little tired because mm-hmm. your yeah. eyes have been following everything. And you you can't do it for another hour, let alone two. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, I definitely wasn't expecting the ending. So I had seen Fast X a week before I saw (laughs) Spider-Verse, and they basically have the same ending. Fast X ends on a cliffhanger where it's like, surprise, this movie is a part one of a two-parter. Potentially three parter. Is there an
0: alternate universe Vin Diesel introduced though where he's like <laughs> Where he's there like more not... evil and he's like I hate family. He hates family. <laughs> Whoa! He doesn't drive cars.
1: <laughs> there is not that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but they do well I don't want to spoil it. You waman- seen it yet. No, it's okay. Be, be, there, be, there, it. is, be there is like an unexpected character introduced at the very end. So Is it
0: Han again? <laughs> Uh, No. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, okay. Never mind. There's two unexpected characters (laughs) introduced at the very end of Fast X. Uh, But yes, it's and it's kind of you know the ending is like now we gotta get the bigger family back together. (laughs)
0: Whoa! (laughs) But then
1: when Spider Verse ended the same way, I was like,
0: Is it John Cena? (laughs) <laughs>
1: no, he's in the movie from the beginning. Oh, okay. No, yeah, Spider Verse ended the same way and I was like, Well, gosh darn it. Two movies in a row got yep. it with the same thing. I went in yep. and I was like, Ooh, I'm really excited to like see, you know, how next movie resolves. and like how it's gonna end and like everything and then it's like to be continued. I'm like, gosh dang it.
0: I think they did a really successful job of having the emotional arcs get to move with the beginning, middle, and mm-hmm. end. Especially with Gwen's story. I think that mm-hmm. was really smart. Well, to it opened with her, and then it almost
3: ended with her, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. was, you get that, like her you get that overall story like, of her character development, and then you start to see more of Miles in there um, as he goes through mm-hmm. his own immo- emotional turmoil, but it doesn't end with his resolve, so we have to see that resolve yet.
1: The yeah, the conflict doesn't end with it resolved, but Miles definitely comes into it. Like this yeah. is the movie where he becomes he, Spider-Man. He becomes I his love his that Spider-Man. moment when he's talking to his mom. It's you know not his universe's mom, but I love that moment when he's like, Parker. "I beat them all," and you're like, "You're damn right, you beat them all, <laughs> boy. You took on two hundred of them because we watched them. them.
4: You watched them. Yeah, they couldn't stop you. And and then like even with like Ninja Vampire, yeah. <laughs> Blue Panther chasing after you and dribbling you off Of the subway." Like and I also love the little um, detail too when he was facing off with that alternate version, universe version of himself, is that he was like unhooking like his hands so that he could like get the break out. Yeah, learning from his master. Don't Mm -hmm. wash the eyes, wash the hands. Like Mm -hmm. it's really, it's really cool sequence. I love that little bit though.
3: I have to bring up the cake metaphor that they keep using in there, where they're like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Mm -hmm. and then Miles. Gets two cakes because he's like, you can have two cakes, cakes. and then he has two cakes, and he completely ruins those two cakes. Mm -hmm. But maybe if you just had one more person with you, you wouldn't have ruined the two cakes. And we kind of see that in uh, Spider-Man India's universe where there were two Mm Spider-Men, so he was able to do the two things. Spider-Man, he He didn't have to do them both. Spider-Man can always do both. Yes, (laughs) so. I hope that comes full circle again in the next uh, one. Yes, yeah. yeah. But the writers are very smart, so I trust them.
4: <laughs> I love that Um, also with McGill, Ars to McGill O'Hara, because I'm just, I'm I'm infatuated with the man. Because, uh, like... You and a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, People yeah. be thirsting after oh, him. Oh, <laughs> staying alone. <laughs> they are not thirsting alone. <laughs> um, it was, for one, he, like, the way that he, like, addressed, like, it's... His the whole notion of Spider-Man of being with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. He's still in keeping with that, but it's turned to an antagonistic mm-hmm. level that like it almost like it the yeah way. he's taking it like the exact the exact wrong way. Um, and like too, I also think he like was used as a voice for a lot of people um, mm-hmm. because when like a lot of people online because when when Brian Michael Bendis created Miles in like 2011, mm-hmm. uh, like people his he was like one of the most disliked characters in the comics mm-hmm. because it's like this is not spider-man uh he's like how can like you know black guy how black can Spider-Man be black. Yeah, how can he be yeah. black and if you have a problem and if you you have a problem with him being black and you don't have a problem with like cars and cats and dinosaurs being spider-man i think you just need to like reevaluate yourself as yeah. a human being but like for him to be like you know in Miles' face, it's like you aren't even you 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 aren't even worthy of being Spider Man. You, you are Spider-Man. the original yeah. anomaly. Like you, you weren't are
3: supposed na- to be. Your Spider Man would have lived. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And it's like
4: I'm like my, I'm like Miguel. I know I know you not talking <laughs> of all the people I know that Miguel O'Hara rewrites his genetic code mm-hmm. within his arm, n- like organic web shooters. Uh, no spider sense <laughs> is like, going to try to tell somebody anomaly. else. Yeah,
3: but, <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. That it really pays homage to Miles as a character. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you, you don't and, have to conform to what everybody wants and who who are other people to tell you who you are. Exactly. Like exactly. Mm-hmm. And he
4: gets the blessing from everybody. He gets the blessing from Jessica Drew, who's also an ultimate character. He gets. Uh, the blessing from, like, the Aunt May of that universe, the Gwen Stacy of that universe, the MJ of that universe. He even gets the blessing from, like, Spider-Man, like, actual 616 Spider-Man, the OG. (laughs) He knights him straight up. So I just, I love it.
3: I think it's great that now kids can see Miles as their Spider-Man as they grow up Mm -hmm. because it's hard to, like, relate to characters when you don't see them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for like a lot of people growing up, that was, that was static shock. That was the thing that was out. We, we haven't had that in a little while. So having miles now, it feels good.
4: It feels right. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's very, very, um, compelling. I love miles to death. He's probably is my favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spider-Man. Um, like.
1: And to have the, like the themes of the first movie and the second one, like, mm -hmm. you know, the literal subtext in the writing be about like coming into your own and accepting yourself Mm -hmm. and like. You know, you can be, you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah. You could be the superhero. You could be the guy who gets to have both cakes, right. and do everything.
4: Like if you ever, if this almost like a movie for people who feel like if you feel like you're just the other, like mm-hmm. if you feel like mm-hmm. you're, like, you know, you're part of the LGBTQ, because basically revealing that you're Spider Man is kind of like coming out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it, if you're a member of that community or if you're like a member of, Just you just feel they hit different. on that a lot in Gwen's yeah. universe. Oh mm-hmm. yeah it's just this is incredible where you just
3: feel like an outsider and you don't know what to do and you have no friends and you can't talk to your family yeah mm-hmm. but
4: now you have your own band who understands like how you move and how you how you shake
3: not the end where she's like i formed my own band yeah. mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm.
1: it's just it's you feel so good watching these movies like they're visually like appealing but they're also like so emotionally fulfilling too
0: there's a humanity to them that i think is lacking in some Similar superhero films. And think, a lot of them. Especially the more recent ones. Yeah. Like, I just think that there's something that's, like, you spoke to it earlier, Autumn. Like, how much time they allowed these character interactions and these emotional moments to breathe rather Mm -hmm. than just rushing from plot point to plot point. I think that's part, for me at least, of what makes this franchise so
3: compelling. For me, it definitely felt like this one was written... For a little bit of an older audience because the other one the previous one was made what five years ago now Mm -hmm. the kids who saw that one they are five years older now so Mm -hmm. when when they saw it in theaters when they were kids they're five years older now i am five years older now (laughs) (laughs) i was not a kid then but (laughs) you get the point it's written for people who who go through these things and it allows them to connect with that and connect with the characters whether you are the kid or as the parent, like, mm-hmm. I, I said that I watched it with a couple parents for the first time when I watched the first one, and I didn't feel the things that they felt because they were seeing it through the parents' eyes, not through Miles' eyes, and that that hit harder.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, none of us sitting here at the table are parents, but, like... I'm sure you can relate, especially in this one, like to Miles's mom and his dad, like you have that, because yeah. fr- they don't know, they have that frustration, you know yeah. how much they love their son, and like they want the best for him, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but like it's just frustrating, I love that line that his dad says where he's like, man, I had it all figured out, like I knew how to be a dad, and then my kid grew up, and I don't know how to do this anymore, <laughs> Yeah, like,
4: well, he's just as like, like whelmed by it all as Miles is, mm-hmm. <laughs> know because you know you you just you you think like you know it's you're you're gonna be like ready for this but like when you create a child it's like they're gonna grow up and be a a person their own person yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. they're
1: gonna do their own stuff and you just love and support them let them spread their wings yeah (laughs) all right what do you guys want in the sequel what's your what's your main thing you want out of the third movie i just want to see
3: miles and alternate miles go at it like that's all i want if if it's just that like i would be happy but seeing what happens with spot and everything else i think that's gonna be really cool
0: i want a greater exploration of miles prowler's universe because it's interesting to imagine not just like his father passing but what's a world look like without a spider-man or without Mm -hmm. hope
3: and I, I just want to see more of They did of what, mention, like, the Sinister Six cartel or mm-hmm. something. That Which would be hurt. really cool scurry. to see. What if it's Miles versus all of them? Mm. Oh, is Prowler a part of that? Cool. Is Prowler oh. a part of that Sinister Six cartel? Or is Prowler, would, yeah. like, the one thing
0: standing between? Like, well, <laughs> New York I don't York think is a chaos. good guy. He no, kind of, doesn't yeah. sound the like a good guy.
4: He's... In the, in the comics, Prowler's usually... He's either a merc or a thief. Like, he stole some stuff from uh, Oscorp. And then the spider crawled in his bag, and then it bit Miles, which is how he got his powers. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I, I don't know what I really want to see. Um, I'm just, I'm glad that I just, I think I'm just grateful that I'll, there is more to see. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yeah, I want to see. I, I want an actual scene of Miles telling his parents that he's Spider-Man in the third oh, yeah. one. I actually want to see how that'll go.
3: Mm. I hope he does. Mm. I. I really like it, that. Because it's acceptance. It's a mm-hmm. whole part
1: of the acceptance. Like, you know, because in this movie, he, you know, he talks about, oh, could I tell my parents? Mm-hmm. And then he's mm-hmm. like, we love you, even though you've been lying to us for the past year. Yeah. And
3: he's like, yeah, no, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, but Gwen told her dad, and it worked out. And Eventually. he yes. yes. Not yeah. at first. <laughs> not at first. He took not some time, which yeah. I thought, you know.
4: It's perfect, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: realistic. Because, yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, he does accept her at first in the com- it's weird in the comics Like he's just like yeah get out of here go ahead because it functions much the same way he fights uh, Gwen fights that version's universe of Rhino because okay. he gets uh, let out by the Kingpin via Matt Murdock in that universe Ooh, okay so this is the weird beard, big weird daisy chain and he's out so he can assassinate Captain Stacy and so Gwen saves him and she confronts him and yeah at that point they get into Spider-Verse and stuff. So, yeah, just really, really interesting stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know how it's gonna go, cause like, like I said, Spider Verse was all about the Inheritors, <laughs> and the Inheritors were real freaking and creepy and weird. uh But yeah, I'm just excited to see it.
0: Do you have yeah. any fan theories though
3: about what you think might happen? I well, they have to find Miles first is the thing. They don't know what universe he's in.
1: They got to put it together. I mean, they got all the clues. They just got to figure a- it and out. And they
3: have a very smart team. Every Spider-Man is smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, In every universe, every Spider-Man is smart.
4: <laughs> also, Mayday is adorable. Just...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love Mayday. <laughs> I love this, though, as its own isolated thing. Like, I love that this is going to be a trilogy that mm-hmm. you can watch by itself. Like, you yeah. don't have to see 32 other movies mm-hmm. to make this happen. I agree. Yes. You can just watch these three. And that is all. Yeah.
1: I'm glad that there's going to be a third one because I do want more. But yeah, I don't want it to become a like multi-branching, like there's, you know, 10 movies like all done mm-hmm. by the same studio in the sequence or whatever. I, yeah, I want it to be its own.
3: Luckily, though, the directors of this movie were like, we are so tired. We don't want to do anymore after this next one. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You work <laughs>
1: hard. Better
2: not. Mm-hmm. And this has been chiming in from the producer side of things because my voice is not at 100%. On on the voice cast note, because I, I've said this to all of you now, uh, just the fact that they cast Shea Wiggum as Captain Stacy made me so happy, because if you need a morally ambiguous policeman, he's your guy. Uh, as far as uh, something, Autumn, I believe you were the first to mention uh, before we started recording, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, if I have that pronunciation right, uh, that one of the directors, uh, cut his teeth in the worlds of Avatar The Last Airbender and... DC Universe animation going back to Justice League and Justice Unlimited so that's the rabbit hole I've been going down as we've been recording this and I made a couple of discoveries Uh, he did not direct Epilogue which is the finale for season two Mm -hmm. he did direct Destroyer which is the finale for season three with Superman's final confrontation with Darkseid so that amazing episode has his stamp on it Mm -hmm. and then as I was going through his credits uh, as a storyboard artist he has a credit on Batman Gotham Knight Uh, Which, for those who do not uh, recall, is a 2008 uh, direct-to-DVD feature that was set up to exist between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. As though The Dark Knight needed any more marketing coming up to it. uh, That features Kevin Conroy as Batman and has six differently-styled, kind of Japanese-animated-styled pieces to it. And Dos Santos was a storyboard artist on the 6th, Deadshot, which is Beautiful. There's some immaculate just shots of the city as you're tracking a bullet going from where Deadshot's located on this massive Ferris wheel to taking somebody out who's at a party in a penthouse miles away. Uh, And even just like the finale of that sequence takes place in this beautiful, well, animated with fight on a train. Happens a lot in in superhero properties. And you have Deadshot basically successfully shooting Batman off the top of one of the cars and saying something like, That's the first time someone's ever tried to stop my gunfire by running into it. Nothing is bulletproof at close range as he's trying to get closer to Batman for the kill and getting closer is a mistake because then Batman gets to him. It's either before or after Batman basically holds Deadshot out far enough off of the train that something on the tunnel that they're going through just clocks him in the head. And either before or after that hit, uh, Batman, again, it's... uh, iconic uh, voice of the character Kevin Comrade just going, shoot your mouth off now, dead shot. <laughs> it's just, oh, such an amazing <laughs> moment. such just, a, the be- just beautiful scenery and structure and, and I am not going to speak to the animated elements.
3: Now, I'm pretty sure the other two yeah, I'm pretty sure the other two directors on mm-hmm. this are also animators. I really like that they have animators and people who worked on projects as directors for this film, not just people who you know, d- just just tell just tell everybody what to do. But they have experience doing near every part of an animation pipeline. Who are directing it? So
1: so Kemp Powers was another one of the directors, and he was a writer on One Night in Miami, which is a fantastic oh, movie. wow! Yeah, <laughs> and he was a writer on Soul, the uh, Pixar oh, movie. Yes. Oh
4: okay, that was really.
1: And then let me pull up this next guy. Yeah, he has a lot of animation credits. He worked on the Cloudy With a Chance of Meatball movies, the first one and the second one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's a leak he was a boat. writer for the original Powerpuff Girls run. There you go, Apollo. Oh, wow. 2002, 2003. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, one of the writers, Phil Lord, was a writer and well, he was a writer and director for the Lego movie. Okay. And Which makes sense. directed 22 Jump Street.
4: <laughs> oh wow.
1: <laughs> Christopher Miller. Yeah, they're writing part. They're buddies, the aren't they? Yep. Also worked on the Legend Lord movie, and Miller. So yep. They're like a like a duo tandem team. And Dave Callahan is another writer. I know nothing about Dave Callahan, but his photo on IMDB is him as a rock god basically. <laughs> <driving> <laughs> in, shredding on a guitar at a concert. So All right.
3: mm.
4: perfectly fair.
1: he worked on he was a writer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. He was a writer for Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which is an awesome show.
4: Watch it. I got watched watch that.
0: If you could spend one day as any of the various spider people, who would you pick and why?
1: Interesting. I don't know that I'd want to be one of them.
0: It, is, it sounds like a stressful life. I
1: think I'd rather just which universe could okay. I spend a day in?
3: That's, that works, too. I don't know if you heard about this, but everybody has been... Uh, a lot of the artists have been bringing back the spider sonas where everybody oh, okay. draws. It was, so basically what happened with the first movie was near every artist drew themselves as a spider person. So um, they, everybody came up with their own unique designs and everything because the theme of the first one was... Um, Anyone, could, Anyone be could be Spider-Man, so everybody mask, yeah. started making their own sort of Spider That's person. So cool. And then in this one, everybody was like, "Well, you saw the headquarters. All of our Spider people are canon now." Yep. So <laughs>
4: bring it, run it back.
3: But Everybody it just back. started making their own Spider people that. And it's lovely. There's so many lovely artists out there. You could probably look it up on Insta or Twitter. Just hashtag Spider So check out
1: Autumn's Instagram. I f- you, have, do you Is yours still on there?
3: It is still on there. Did it's very them? old. I should probably do a new one.
4: <laughs> I'm update it. it. Yeah. Uh, yes,
3: uh, I should do a new one.
4: Like oh, I'm not sure. I. They all... It's so dangerous to be Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: Maybe.
3: I think Caleb's question of, is better. Like which, <laughs> which
1: universe would you want to sp- yeah. spend a day in?
3: I just want to hang out with Hobie Brown. <laughs> yeah, that <it> does sound <laughs> it's rad. Yeah, I mean, it's, probably, the universe sounds awful, right, but Hobie. I just that's want to hang out question. with him.
1: <laughs> which one would? Which spider person would you want to spend a day with? Oh, we, we got there. We had to tweak the question. We've built it.
0: Collaborative effort.
4: Yeah, Hobie. Hobie's a real cool guy. Like I legitimately, he's anti-establishment, anti-fascist. I, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> you don't
3: want to hang out in in Spider-Man Evangelion.
4: Spider-Man, Ava, yeah. oh, gee, Penny giant Parker's mech. universe. yep, yeah.
3: that was written by Gerard Way. You know, yeah, the she I mean, was written I by know. Gerard. She well, was made by f- awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's really cool. She has like a link with the little spider, and it pilots the mech that she's Not in. Phase, mom. <laughs> but well, and she... her
3: new mech is is more like the comic because yeah. the original one was kind of like the prototype, mm-hmm. and that one broke. Yeah. And now in and the a newer, newer version is like the comic book version, and it's I can cool. see in her
4: eyes that like that must have been like right before her <laughs> f- dad died, because mm-hmm. her dad dies in the comics.
1: Well, yeah, um, and doesn't she talk about that in the first
3: movie?
4: Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. So she like, does. something else must have mm-hmm. happened. Bad. That must be it, like Spider-Man
3: right Evangelion. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's a hard life in there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I still think I'm gonna yeah make, make Molotov cocktails with Hobie. That you sounds great. Roll with Hobie. Yeah, it sounds great.
0: I think I'd be intimidated by him because he's so cool. I'd be like, I don't know how to no, interact punks, with you. No, punks oh, are nice. I know he's nice. I know yeah. he's, he's nice. I don't think it'd be cool. anything that <laughs> yeah. he does. That cool. It'd all be about me and how I feel yeah. showing up in this that's, situation. That's kinda,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of the kind of the stereotype. Punks always they look mean, but they are actually nice. <laughs> I believe People. that he's nice. So, I am
3: like, excited to have Spider Pig back because I thought <laughs> he was lovely in the first one. I was gonna say
1: I. I
4: think if I could
1: hang out with a in Spider shorts. Person for a day, I'd hang out with Peter Porker. <laughs> Peter Porker. But
3: has everyone seen like the new um, character appearance that happens in Peter Porker's universe? No, Meow's Morales. <laughs> yeah, Morales, there's Morales all is all a, cat, of in a in cat in that <laughs> universe. Awesome. Yeah, there's all it's sorts of ones. Adorable. I'll pull like, up pictures for you. Like, what's I it?
4: Uh, black catfish. <laughs> um, oh goodness. Yeah, there's all sorts of ones like ant, ant. He's just <laughs> the ant.
0: I would like to hang out with Spider-Man Noir for an afternoon and try to describe color to him.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I think that would be fun. Then You could you could solve a mystery that requires <laughs> yes. the use of color.
0: Because he wants to understand his Rubik's Cube so deeply, and I want to help him.
1: I mean, like you were saying earlier, Autumn, I hope it just inspires a trend of like letting Giving studios, just let artists have the freedom to like try new things and express themselves and like... You know trust the process, <laughs> you know these are the people who make it. they know what they're doing, so let them do their thing
3: I mean when you look how popular like anime is in in the world, that's just a lot of people like a lot of artists who are like well i'm I, I want to make a series, I want to make my own thing, mm-hmm. so they just start writing it. yep, and then people read it because it's good, and then animation studios pick it up and people watch it because it's good so mm-hmm. yeah. when you get when you let people do. What they're good at, genuinely, it, it makes good things.
4: Just step back, Corpo's. Just, just, just put the <laughs> bill and just receive the money and just, goddamn, get you can up have, out the you way. You
1: can have your cake and eat it too.
4: Yeah, if you can. You can always do both. Just, just step you up. You can let the mo- people make really good art and like, make a lot of money off the of it. The money will come. Just let let these folks cook. Let these folks cook. Let them do what they good at.
0: Imagine the merchandising opportunities for this movie too.
3: All the different <sighs> little oh, yeah. spider. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, the toy sales have gone like mm. crazy since yeah. this one came out.
4: I know issue sales have gone up way up for like all the different like spider people, like Spider Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Spider Man India. Twenty ninety nine. Uh,
3: Twenty ninety nine.
4: All of the issues, like all the Spider Verse cells, have gone up. So, yeah. And Spider Gwen too. Like she was like when she came out 20- 2014, I think. Uh, white hot people loved her immediately so like I'm just glad that like you know she's getting more like exposure and stuff hope she get to see more oh. stories with her I you love like this is your thing and then I
1: know you love Spider-Man so much Apollo so like yeah. I, I wanted you two to have a chance to come speak to our beautiful lovely listeners
4: alright let's do this one last time
1: Now, welcome back to Storytelling Spotlight, and I'm very, very excited because we get to have my good friend Apollo Lyman on the podcast for the first time Woo! to talk about Ben Ten. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here, bro. I'm so glad. I'm super excited to have I'm so you. So glad
4: to be here, man. I like, was, I, I like...
1: was excited when you said you wanted to talk about Ben Ten because yeah. I, you know, watched it on Cartoon Network growing up, but I haven't seen it in like a decade. And yeah. you said it's it's on Netflix
4: now. It's on Netflix, all four seasons. I saw it last week when you talked to me about, like, you know, what did you want to talk about? And I still mm-hmm. wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about, like, Superman or Samurai Jack or Pop of Girls or anything like that. And I wasn't sure. And I looked on Netflix because I was watching another series. And I saw, like, in the, you know, the main one they were featuring, because they feature things that you most enjoy, uh, it said, like, classic Ben Ten. And I just about like defecated myself because I, it was, a, it was of two, for two things. One, it was an assurance to me that I am for sure getting older. Like mm-hmm. it will never, like I'm when in two weeks um, for the recording of this video, in two weeks, I'll be 27. Mm-hmm. So like-
0: Happy early birthday.
4: It, appreciate it, appreciate <laughs> it. It's just for me, it was just like so nostalgic to see all that again. So like I dropped everything I was doing and I've been watching episodes again and I pretty much, I remember most of it, but like as the series goes on, I like remember a little less and less, but most of the main parts of got pretty down pat.
0: What was his superpower? Cause um, I've seen it, but I can't remember so any of it.
4: Ben was a regular child. He wasn't born to any money. He mm. didn't ha- wasn't born with superpowers. He didn't have any super training like that. He's just a 10 year old kid. Um, and it like, aired in 2005, so I was like right around the age that he was when it aired. And he goes on a trip with his Uncle Max and his uh, cousin Gwen, Gwen Tennyson, Ben Tennyson, get it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so they're out in the woods, and like he's just out there kind of just chilling, and a satellite like falls out of the sky a body like a just a meteorite almost mm-hmm. falls out of the sky and it lands like near him and he gets out of the way and he like sees what it is and it's like a little pod and the pod opens up and in it ha- it has the omnidrix and the omnidrix is a it's a device that carries the dn genetic codes of 10 million different species all across the universe and it was created by um like an azimuth in order to like try to get people to empathize with each other,
3: oh. um,
4: is you know see things from other people's perspectives.
1: Hmm. But
3: um,
4: the main villain of the series, Vilgax, obviously wants to just use that as a weapon mm-hmm. in order to like take over the multiverse with his army and such. Of course, naturally, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm glad you got it. <laughs> <laughs> it latches itself to his wrist, mm-hmm. and at that point, like he's like messing with it, fiddling with it, and he doesn't really understand like how it works. So like he sees that he can like like as he turns it, he can like look at all the different beings that are on there. And so he just hits it and he transforms bodily into like a pyromite, which is his heat blast form. That's Ooh. his first first alien he transforms mm-hmm. into. And yeah, so it's his first ten because it can only actually use 10 species. It only has an outfit of 10 at any one given point in time. So he, his um, first one transforms into Heat Blast, which is like, he's like a living volcano guy and he's like, you know, shoots fire powers. It's, that's probably his most powerful one, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, He came out swinging. He came out swinging, almost born to the forest down, but managed to (laughs) can it down. I mean, he's a kid. It's learning, yeah. Mm -hmm. Growing pains. Exactly. You have to like, it's one of the things to me that really like stuck out to me because i was like even like other superheroes like who are pretty young like aren't even as young as him like you have to consider spider-man was like 14 when mm-hmm. he got bit by the spider ben hasn't even he's 10. right <laughs> he's 10 years he is old he's a child he's a child you think <laughs> like go In back 10 grade. years exactly <laughs> go back 10 years and like consider like all the ridiculous stuff you did. Now imagine that you're ten years old and you have this device that allows you to tap into all these like features and everything, and become these all these other beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are beings like a like ghost freak. He can like phase through walls and turn invisible, and you know he's got like uh, forearms. Who is just like ten foot tall, pure twisted steel, just mm-hmm. like strong, powerful. Everything like that, you got uh, Gray Matter, who's like a little tiny, like what you would think of, like of an alien, like a five inch, he's like incredibly smart. And like, that's what I love. One of the things about it, too, is because the man of action is really good at like laying out like power bases for like his characters and how that like how they relate to that almost. So for Ben, he's not like there will be times when he's Gray Matter and he's not so used to being as that intelligent. Uh, You know, he's like, you know, calculating things in his head. And he's like, huh, being smart's kind (laughs) of hard. It's kind of (laughs) cool. For instance, like, Wild Mutt is one of his aliens. He can, like, track things down. He's, like, basically like a beast. But he can't talk. He can't talk Mm -hmm. in that form. So, like, it's really hard to, like, for him to even understand what's going on. Like, if he's having an adventure with Gwen or Uncle Max, he can't even really convey his feelings if he's in that form. Yeah, but it's really just interesting to look at, especially when it relates to, like, the rebooted version of the series.
1: Right, because they made, like, several series after the original run, correct? Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. so
4: Ben 10 ended in 2009, and then they made Alien Force, which is, like, he has, like, 10 other aliens, and he's, like, 15, I think? Mm -hmm. And then they made Ultimate Alien, (laughs) which was a continuation of that. And then Omniverse, which is still in, I think, in the original universe in Bellwood and such. Now they've got this rebooted version. So, like, this has been done like five separate times. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, really um, interesting because I'm glad. I think the second thing that gets me to, we're going back with like seeing that, is that I'm glad that kids nowadays have that media to look towards. Because, like, they deserve it, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they deserve to have, like, you know. Um, I know there are probably people online that, are like, well, this isn't really Ben 10. This isn't. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not and... the same. And I was like, well, it's not it's not for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's for the kids nowadays. I've watched a couple episodes, and it's, it's so dated. <laughs> <laughs> How does it hold up? It's... Uh... <clears throat> What there feels are, different? There are flip phones, like uh, there right. are like, like it's very much it's of very 2005. It's very of 2000, yeah, like to early 2000 before 2010.
0: Cutting edge technology of the time.
4: Yeah, that 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 yeah. They got well. The they Motorola. roll around in an RV. Yeah, they were in that RV, but that RV was like awesome. <laughs> like it that turned RV was into pretty cool. Ship, and, like the rust bucket was amazing. <laughs> I still enjoy it very much. It's very nostalgic to me, and I'm glad that you know I can watch that. And that I'm uh, good enough, blessed enough to watch the reboot too. After that,
1: I always remember really liking Gwen. Gwen was my favorite character Gwen? from what I remember of the original run. Gwen was real cool. Like
4: Gwen, <laughs> they would always like mess. Cause uh, she she's with older before. than Ben
1: by a couple of years, right?
4: Um, no, she's actually she, they're the same age. All right, never mind. I misremembered. Um, that. Yeah, they're, she's also ten <laughs> at the time. But she's, like, a lot more, like, mature mature than him. Yeah. She Um, was, like, the responsible one. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, she would, like, actually try to, like, help him out. And she ends up... Uh, getting her own set of powers right
1: she got her own powers and that was yep. the coolest thing because like yeah because originally she was like keeping him in line mm-hmm. and like, she was basically like his manager effectively like, you got to go solve these problems and like stop messing up and yeah, then she- like ah, i was so hyped when she got her own powers cause yeah, it was like yeah. all right now she doesn't have to rely on him she can like she can she can, she she can, she can beat the villains her herself
4: own. yeah she's like and it's it just makes perfect sense because she's she was so intelligent mm-hmm. and she had the ability to just like you know to handle herself She was very capable she like knew like martial arts and she took gymnastics so she like could handle herself very well and so for her to get that extra wrinkle of being like able to cast magic and stuff it's incredible i yeah i remember it being like a really
1: it just it was so much fun as a kid yeah because like I don't know, you could put yourself in their shoes and, like, it made you, it made you, like, feel good about being a kid but, like, felt that you could, you could also, like, be, like, competent and do things.
4: He usually transforms, like, three or four times throughout an episode. And there are times where, like, even that last transformation, because it only lasts, like, ten or so minutes, doesn't even solve the problem. So he has to, like, actually go out and be that hero. I was still here, everybody.
3: <laughs> I, I remember at that time, like, a lot of the superheroes were, like, uh, Justice League or even, like, uh, Static Shock was out and mm-hmm. stuff. But those were all, like, older superhero superheroes. So, mm-hmm. like, having that show where, you know, the characters were just 10 and they were doing 10-year-old things, like, r- running around and going to the arcade or something. Mm-hmm. That was... That was really fun. Or like sumo slammer cards, opening sumo slammer cards. Yeah.
4: Every time he fights, like a guy, he gets through fighting him, and as like his heat blast, he's like, "Oh, is that a super slammer card? Where'd you get it? Like, where'd you get it from? It's a gold one." Like he's, he's still a kid and underneath all that. So it's really you're exactly. I just right. remember
3: when Omniverse came out. Where um, they introduce Kevin as like a main character again, mm-hmm. my sister and I were like, "I hope he and Gwen get together because they're so cute." They, they actually <laughs> this is your first do. shipping experience? Yeah. <laughs> they actually,
4: I'm pretty sure they like they allude to that like a lot. I, I mean, they date in that series. <laughs> yeah. They series, date yeah. in that series. It's f-
1: awesome. all right. So I have a question for you because I randomly came across, after we talked about you wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. on the pod i randomly like just came across this so back in the day uh, i think it was for a movie that they did maybe mm-hmm. like an omniverse movie there was a promotion that cartoon network ran it was like a you know prize drawing or yeah. whatever so the top two prizes were either you could win kevin's car that they used in the oh cuz it was a live yeah, action it was movie a live yes. action yes. movie yes. they you could like win kevin's car movies. i don't remember the make of the model, but it's it's like a green neon like muscle car. Mustang, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like or the runner-up prize was a authentic leather jacket that Ben wears. Now my oh, question for you is, which one would you have rather gotten? <laughs> Do you want the car or the jacket?
4: Hmm, man. Oh man, that's 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 pretty. It's tough. It's tough because <laughs> like I would have the urge if I had that car. I would have the urge to just flip it. I need the money. Yeah. I need the money. I'll have the urge to just flip it. I would probably keep the jacket. I, I wouldn't mind that. And it's a really cool jacket, with tan
1: on it. Well, especially because, yeah. like, you know, it's geared towards kids. I thought it was weird they ran a promotion for a yeah. car for like a kids piece of media. I think the <laughs> reason, yeah, because especially
4: because like I
1: think, they
3: kind of made his car so iconic in that show, though.
4: Yeah. yeah it was like a big thing for that run yeah that was like any time his car got messed up he was kevin was irate about and that it. was like mm-hmm. his power he yeah. like his
1: power was he he had the car yeah, he, he was the car. guy who could <laughs> drive he was like, the guy with the license <laughs> it wasn't the
4: fact that he could absorb materials that's or right that's true that. he, he was, he was one he year around. older yeah. than
3: gwen and ben so, yeah, so he could he drive
4: had his license <laughs> he got yeah because because at the time ben kevin was 11. Because his his, his litter, name is literally Kevin E. Levin. Right, Kevin and then he was Levin. 16 when Omniverse mm-hmm. came around, so... Yeah, so he was the only one with all <laughs> He had a ton of uh, tickets mm-hmm. for a ton of speeding tickets. He would just open them up, they'd all fall out, and he'd <laughs> shove the next one in it. Didn't pay him. Could not care less. So you've seen the... Is the reboot out yet? Or? Uh it is out. It's okay. been out for a while. And you've um, seen that as well. I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. I enjoy the reboot. I enjoy the reboot because I think it's it's like I said. I'm glad that just kids have something that, that have something that I had. Then they can mm-hmm. have that same experience that I had. Uh, because it's just real interesting, like to see how it like you know how it goes. I'm not I'm not mad. I'm, I don't really get upset at uh, reboots all that much. I just try to give them a chance. Right, cuz uh, if it's something yeah. you love so much, like yeah. why wouldn't you want another generation yeah. to like have right. the same experiences? Like that's something I'll never get about like people who are like anti-fans mm-hmm. of media. Like if you want it to succeed, like then like you should support it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are episodes maybe here and there you don't like, but you know, if you go back and watch like, you know, classic Ben 10, not every episode is a, is <laughs> it's a, a 10 hitter. out of yeah. 10 banner. <laughs> yeah. Not every episode hits the same. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go back and watch some old Ben 10. Oh yeah, I'm already in season but... two.
4: I've, I've I've been going away at it. I love it.
1: Yeah, and if any of you dear listeners, you know if Ben 10 was one of your things growing up, go back and watch it. Check out the reboot. If you have kids,
4: have your kids watch it. Most definitely, most definitely, have your kids watch it.
2: <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please leave a review, give a rating, subscribe, and share with your friends from wherever you get your podcasts. It all helps Storytelling Breakdown reach more people and grow our community.
0: Check out the Storytelling Breakdown blog, past episodes, reach out, leave a comment, send a message. You can find Storytelling Breakdown on Facebook and Instagram. And you can reach our team at info at storytelling-breakdown.com. Again, people, that is info at storytelling-breakdown.com, not underscore. You can also find our miniseries episodes for Campaign Diaries and RPG Decades at our website and where podcasts are found.
1: Our theme music is by Kurt Remke. Our logo is by Daniel Church. Our podcast is hosted wherever you get your podcasts by John Dawkins and Wayne Shout Productions. Everyone has a story.
0: These are some of our favorites.
1: And this has been Storytelling Breakdown.
2: Out productions
4: Wayne shouts